to the High Neighbor Podcast, brought to you by the Multimedia Studio at Passive Retirement Community Abundant Life Center. And now your host, Pastor Victor Redfoot. Hi, neighbor. We're so glad to be with you this morning. And we have the Lord here beside me as a co-host, and I am going to we are going to uh, talk to Dutch Weber today, one of the pastors on the campus. And so I'm going to turn it over to Dolores for the first question. Hello, Dutch. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Well, uh, I was born in Romania, in uh, Transylvania, which is a, a uh, an area of Romania which is... Uh, very much like Pennsylvania. In fact, when when we came to this country and, and we came to Steelton, Pennsylvania, my mother said, this looks so much like my homeland. <laughs> and uh, it's the, the, it's this, the forests and the, the, all the topography was very much the same. In your early life, uh, who would you say was your mentor? or your hero, who helped you to become the person you are today? Well, well there are so many, so many people involved in that. Uh, of course, I, I looked up to my, my dad, who was a pastor, a Lutheran pastor, and uh, that helped me to decide when I was about 12 years old to, to become a pastor. And I think that influence of church life was very important in my life at that time. I have a question I'd like to ask. It's a little off the cuff. The name Dutch, is that uh, short for German? No, and, uh, and I can tell a little story about that. When we came to this country, we came to Steelton, Pennsylvania, which was my father's first parish. And uh, the first day we were there, I went past the from the parsonage past the church down to second street in Thielton and I was standing there looking around I could not speak any English at all and uh, uh, a boy came along he had a cowboy suit on he had two guns in his holster and he put the guns up against me and says you're a Dutchman and I heard Dutchman from Holland <laughs> uh, to me <laughs> Dutch was Holland and that's all I understood about it and he kept kept that gun on me for a while, then he put it away, and uh, then then he left. And I went up and I told my mother and father, I said, uh, they, think, they think we're from Holland. And uh, they said, well, don't worry about it. After, after you, we were speaking in German, of course, after you learn English, you'll know how to explain it. Well, Dick Phillips, who was the fellow with the cowboy suit, became my best friend after a while. So that's how I got the name Dutch. He went and told all the kids, I just met a Dutchman down there. <laughs> so that's how it, it happened, very innocently. Yes, yes. Well, tell us a little bit about your family. Well, uh, as I said, uh, when we came to this country, my father came a year early uh, to go to seminary in Philadelphia. Uh, uh, the uh, idea was that he would learn enough English so that he could start in a parish, but 
they gave him a German parish in Steelton, uh, and all the people there spoke German mostly. And my father's my father's English was of course broken, and my mother's English was non-existent for a long time. But uh, she knew enough at least to buy groceries at the grocery store. <laughs> but uh, the 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 early years in in Steelton were the I went to kindergarten and I did learn a little bit of English I learned a few words I shouldn't have learned but uh, anyway <laughs> uh, and that that was probably natural but anyway I began but when I got the first grade uh, the teacher said to everybody uh, because it was warm in there said everybody take your jackets off well my mother had given me a, a little hemption well a little shirt and a, and a sweater on, she says, in German, she says, you do not take that sweater off. Well, my mother's word was law. <laughs> so, so I sat there and the teacher said, everybody go in the cloakroom and put your sweaters away. And I, I, I didn't, I just sat there like this. The teacher thought I was being smart and she put my fingers on the desk and hit me with the back of, <laughs> back of a ruler right on my, on my knuckles. knuckles. Well, I, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't answer. I didn't know any English. And she didn't know that I didn't know. Of course, I, when I went home at noon, I said, Wir gehen jetzt nach, nach Rumänien. We're yeah. going back to Romania. <laughs> and he said, what's going on? And then my father came and uh, explained it to the teacher. And the teacher was the best teacher I ever had. Oh. I, I, I just got to love her. But, <laughs> but it was a bad start. <laughs> Did your brothers and sisters? Yes, I... I had uh, two brothers, Henry and Kurt. When we came over on the Leviathan, which was the large ship, my mother got seasick right away. As we came out of France and uh, into the ocean, the, she became seasick. And she said to us in German, go and behave. Well, <laughs> you saying that to kids, you know. I was, <laughs> I was five and a half, my brother, younger brother was three and my older brother was 12 years old well anyway one day we were on the, on board the ship uh, going along and uh, uh, suddenly a, a storm came up and in those days the ships didn't have uh, elev uh, the, the kind of navigation equipment and it would go up and down and uh, suddenly I started slipping on the deck toward a big porthole I would have gone right off the porthole. But my brother Henry saw this. He caught me by the back of my foot and he held, held me back. And for many years after that, he said, remember, I saved your life. Right. <laughs> he held it over you. He did. He certainly yeah. did. Now, I'm sure you were here then during the Depression years. Oh. And uh, what did you do? Well, well uh, during the Depression year, of course, we were, my first parish was in Indiana, and uh, we were glad to have a, a garden at that time because uh, we didn't have much salary, which was normal at that time, and uh, so we, we depended upon what we put in our garden, and uh, that, meant that, that meant a great deal. However, uh, we also had, during those years, we had a drought I remember the the years of the drought, and yes. our young people in in one of the churches decided to put an acre of corn in, in order to sell it and then give the money to the poor. 
Well, the Lord looked down and must have had a good good laugh up there because we were in the middle of a drought and we got one <laughs> bushel of corn out of an acre. Now, that is not much corn. That's not much corn. No, but uh, at any rate, we, we, we sold that, that bushel but uh, couldn't help anybody else very much. But mm-hmm. the depression years were... Uh, my, my mother and father knew how to handle money, didn't have much of it, but uh, every every dollar counted. And however, the people were so nice. In in those congregations, the people who were mostly farmers or miners, uh, they would bring food into us, and oh, that was so helpful. Yes, I'll say. I grew up during the Depression too, yes. and it uh, it was hard times. But we have mom and dad happened to buy a farm. Uh, found a gentleman who was willing to take it a little payment at a time, and so we had a hundred-acre farm with oh, a lot of cattle on it and horses and pigs and chickens and so forth. What? And so that got us through that rough time. But it was hard for everybody. Well, actually, you were you were better off than some people. Well, for yes. instance, in Steelton, most of our membership worked at the Bethlehem Steel Company. Yeah. Well, the Bethlehem Steel Company had maybe one day a month. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do with that? You know? Yeah. Uh, it, it was difficult. On the other hand, people worked together better under those conditions than I've ever seen. I mean, they helped each other. They looked out for the people who were hungry and uh, or the elderly especially. During the Depression, that was the attitude of the people. Really? It, it was... Uh, yeah help each other yeah it was it was a lesson to be learned uh, yes now you told us about your early family how about uh, it, when you got married and and about your well children of course uh, uh, Lo- uh, uh, I didn't know about Lois at first we went to college together Wagner College on Staten Island New York and um when we started going together, I learned about her life, of course. She had in her life, she had four ministers, either uncles or aunts or a brother, uh, and one aunt married to a minister. And I said, I'm sunk. She's not <laughs> going to marry a minister. <laughs> but uh, despite everything, I, I finally, finally won her over. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful. Wonderful lady, and we had. Uh, well, after we got well, I went. I went to the service for two years. And I, you know, I think that helped a lot. You know, I, I, I couldn't argue with her. She couldn't argue with me because I was a <laughs> thousand miles away in in the Philippines and Japan. Uh, no, so just seriously though, we had a, a wonderful marriage. Uh, I, I think we had we had. Uh, Children, of course, uh, Mark and and uh, uh, Rick, uh, we uh, and Judy. Uh, Judy's the oldest. Mark is next, and Rick was the youngest. All all very good kids. I, I don't know how that happened. Pre- preachers' kids are normally not that good, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they they were and uh, are all. They're all married and have children. We have. Uh, Let's see, we have 13 grandchildren and uh, nine great-grandchildren. So we have a large family. Yeah. But uh, so when Lois died four years ago, uh, 
that put a big hole in my in my uh, life. But uh, because because we loved each other so much, uh, I knew where she was. Our Christian Christian religion was very important to us. We had devotions together every day, and uh, it, you know that that helped us. I think. Yes. But we also have uh, we we then adopted a Korean son. Tai Tai Seek Row became our, our uh, just by chance. Uh, we were in Butler at that time, and uh, I introduced him. I met him at the YMCA in Butler. I was playing volleyball, and the manager of the YMCA said, "Come down here, Dutch. I need. I have somebody down here. I don't understand." Well. Ty couldn't speak English very well, but he had been a, a houseboy for one of our troops, and that's how he came to America. Anyway, so I, I took him to the front door, and I knocked on the front door. I never knocked on the front door before. <laughs> I, I could always go to the side door, you know. Yeah. But anyway, and Lois opened the door, and her eyes got real big because she saw us and I said I want to introduce you to my friend Ty Seek Rowe she didn't even know what that meant but uh, and she said oh well come come in come in and Lois was a, a quick study and she said well you'll have lunch with us won't you and Ty <laughs> Ty must have been hungry at that time because boy he sat down he ate a big lunch but he he became our son he uh, we didn't adopt him uh, as such formally but he, for 40-some years now, he's been part of our family. That's wonderful. Oh, it, it's, a, it's an unusual story. Uh, many people think I make it up, but uh, I don't make any of that up. In fact, he, he went to Penn State. Now, he, by the way, he ha already had a doctorate. I see. In horticulture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it, when, when he escaped from North Korea, he escaped over the 38th parallel and uh, as he had already had his doctorate. He was a, a, a fine horticulturist. So then uh, I said to him one day, well, would you like to continue that over here? He said, oh, I'd love to because I want to I wanna start my own uh, place, you know. So he went to Penn State, and there he met Linda, who was a uh, Phi Beta Kappa kind of person, and they met, and Finally, they married. I said, so the, here's this doctor marrying this Phi Beta Kappa. They're much smarter than we, I am ever have been. But, <laughs> but we, we have, uh, so we have a wonderful family with all these grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Can't beat that. That's I know right. you're very family-oriented. Oh, oh, absolutely. I yeah. see them coming and going all the time. Oh, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> Why, well, uh, I've watched you playing pickleball but what else do you do for fun or recreation <laughs> <laughs> well I, I i play golf and i i even hit the ball once in a while and it goes straight once in a while so that it makes it a lot of fun i love golf uh i love tennis i played tennis all my life ever since i'm maybe 10 years old uh, that's really my my favorite sport uh and uh, is that they have a pickle pickleball is just a brand new. And by the way, pickleball is going to be very famous now. There's, they have big tournaments over the country, which, so it's it's a wonderful. <clears throat> but the exercise is important. 
it's, it's that exercise and concentration on doing what you're doing that helps a great deal. I think you and I ought to get together. I play golf about the way you do. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, I pity you then. <laughs> no, uh, I think if you don't take it too seriously and know that you're not, you're not a, the best golfer in the world. I had a, an awful experience, though, with it. Uh, I was at Tamashander one time. My, my brother lived in, 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 was married and lived in Chicago, and he and I went golfing one day with my, with my nephew. And here we were at the tee, and my nephew hit one about 150 yards, and then my brother hit one about 120 yards. Then I hit one. And it went 20 yards out. It went straight up in the air and down. And I was so embarrassed, I got out of there as fast as I could. <laughs> and that's my golf story. That, that sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to, glad to have a brotherhood here. Yeah. Now, what, um, where did you serve? I know you talked about Stilton and well, Butler. And well, uh, of course, Steelton was my dad's church, and uh, so for them, we, we moved to Philadelphia. But my, my churches, they started in Indiana County, and uh, I had six churches there at one time. I had two churches that were a, a parish, and then I had four preaching points. And uh, I even told Dr. Himmelman at that time, I said, uh, you think I could do this? He says, so, well, we're going to try you. And uh, so I, what I did, I, I would have two services in the morning, one in the afternoon and one in the evening, and then we'd alternate. Well, anyway, one day, however, Dr. Himmel called us, I got some help for you. Don Power, do you all know Don oh, Power? Yes. Oh, yes. Well, Don Power gave up his job, and he had a very lucrative job at one time. He gave all that up to go to seminary, and he, be, and he, he became my assistant there he took over three of my churches and i thought i was in heaven already I, yeah. <laughs> thank you lord that would be quite a difference oh what yes. a difference and no. he was a big help uh, tremendous oh, yeah. i'm sure he would be uh, knowing him well he, he and don you know don he was a great guy just a wonderful mm. wonderful man and he, he and his family we became kind of buddies i guess or real family in a way Yes, well, well, what brought you to Pazavant? Oh, well, I, I was on the board here many, 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 many years ago. Uh, being 93 now, going saying many means over 50 years ago. But I was on the board here, very impressed by uh, what the Shoals did here at that time and uh, the whole atmosphere of it. Of course, I, I remember the, the strikes that they had and uh, at, during that time. But that atmosphere was here. And when later on, when Lois and I, uh, when we were in retirement, we that's where we're going. We're going to Passivant. And it was because of that early experience. Well, do you have any worries? Do I have any worries? I I I worry a little bit that that I that I can't do enough. Well, fact, you certainly that, <laughs> do a lot around well, here. Well, the the point being, uh, my my health is beginning to move in in another direction at this time, and in fact, I'm under ten day watch right now uh, under Doctor Vla, uh, 
I have to watch myself, but uh, I must tell you what happened the other day. Dr. Vla, I went to a two-hour uh, period of, of examination, mentally, internally, and so forth, and uh, I, I, I passed the mental test, and then Dr. Vla came in, and uh, I, I had the whole internal test, and then she wanted to know about my eyesight. Well, I don't know whether you know the clinic well enough. I sat in a chair, and there was a, out in there, there's a, oh, yes. a card. Mm-hmm. That she, and she said, read that. So I did. She said, oh, my goodness. And how old are you? 93. Oh, well, finally she came back at the end. She said, you're good to go. You can drive. <laughs> I thought she'd take my driving away from me. Oh. Yeah, I was concerned about that. And that is a big deal, you know. Oh, yes. Especially when you're accustomed to it. But she would have been right. Uh, she would have been right in, in saying you can't drive anymore because I would have been a danger to somebody else. So oh, That's m- m- amazing that you can still drive it. Well, uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I appreciate that. And I, I thank God every day for, you know, in my devotions for, for that kind of special yes. strength. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I... I'm just the opposite of you. I'm gradually going blind yes, completely. Yes, I understand. And I had to sell my car and get rid of it because I, I realized I was a hazard I, to the highway. I bet that was traumatic for you, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. hardest thing I did. I, I've often said that losing my wife was easier than quitting driving. What? And it's in a sense that's true, isn't it? I mean, yes. Well. I'd driven since I was 16 years old. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> if you had it to do over again, what? would you make any changes in your life? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I, I, I really, uh, I'm just, I'm happy in what I'm doing. I just love the friends I have. Uh, the family is very supportive. Uh, and God's giving me time to, help other people. Uh, could you have anything more than that? I, I don't think it would be anything better. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and to hear about your life. Well, really thank you. There's a whole lot more. Uh, Said that The book Stories and Revelations tells the whole story, and uh, there it's in black and white. Right. And so, <laughs> so you did write a book. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to lift up related to you is I understand you wrote this book, Stories and Revelations, that there's a copy of it in the library. And if any of you are interested in having an opportunity to read what Dutch has to tell us, uh, you can go to the library and they'll quickly show it to you. So I want to thank you for mentioning it. Well, this has been a great pleasure. And I'm very happy to have you as our guest today. Thank you. I know that we have been looking forward to doing this for some time. And I know the people out here around the community knowing you uh, are going to be interested in what you had to say. And I thank you very much. You You know, I kid everybody on campus. Oh, I owe you too. I owe you money. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dutch. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for our Reinhold. (laughs) Very few people call me that. The only time my mother did was when I did something wrong. That's right. (laughs) Ha 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 ha.